Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Aridale Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always, if you're keeping track at home, excuse me, episode 81 on the way. you got to think about that one a little bit. A lot of wide receivers wear the number 81. I'll take Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Famer, career cut short. Why? Because he played in Detroit, that's all you need to know. But Calvin Johnson, Megatron, was an unstoppable force that teams had no answer to. Unfortunately, they got the lucky end of the bargain as he retired well, I mean, right as he was getting into his prime, really. So before he could kind of take over the league fully and maybe challenge the record books a little bit, he did retire. We wish him all the best. He is a, he is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Completely, absolutely deserved it. But today, I've got my co-host in the studio, Joe Lombayoka. Joe Lon, what's up, brother? You got Megatron. I got the Giants version of Megatron. I'm taking a Monty Tumor, 142 games as a starter, 668 appear, uh, receptions, 9,497 yards, 54 touchdowns. They're all Giants records. And he set a Giants record for most consecutive games with one or more catches at 94. The epitome of consistent Monty Tumor. Yeah, guy that just, right, He it's, it never seems like he got thanked enough. Uh, just kind of always, he's a lunch pail guy, right, I think is the saying. You know, he's going to he's gonna strap up. He's going to bring that brown paper bag of a lunch. And, you know, you're going to get the best out of him every single time. So, uh, yeah, Monty Tumor obviously holds a lot of the Giants records. Unbelievable. John, it's been a while. Uh, I think it's proper that we kind of let the people in to kind of know what's going on here. Uh, there, you know, life has happened. You know, so that's been part of it. Uh, but we're really here. Episode 81 is going to be our our last episode for a little while. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, we're not blowing it all up, you know, but we are going to take some time, uh, do some reflection and kind of figure out our, our best course of action moving forward and kind of how we want this podcast to look. Maybe wink, wink, uh, you know, maybe how it looks, maybe a new brand, maybe a new style, maybe a new format we don't know but Jolan and I are going to take some time over the next few weeks so we want but we do want to do this one because Joel's this is a Super Bowl episode we haven't been on since before the conference championship games so you had you had the Niners get absolutely decimated by injuries and the Eagles uh they they lose the uh, NFC title game 31 to 7 and you had the Kansas City Chiefs take down the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20 in what was a nail biter down to the last inch on the sideline uh, on a penalty that Patrick Mahomes drew that allowed them to kick a 45-yard game winner by Harrison Bucker. So uh, credit to both the Chiefs and the Eagles. Both one seeds, Joel, so maybe a little bit. You know, Maybe there's not as much pizzazz around the Super Bowl this year because these kind of are the teams we expected to get here. Uh, they were the best teams in their respective conference. They've scored the same amount of points all year. They both have a Kelsey brother. Uh, so it, it is. It, we'll, we'll talk. We'll get into the whole thing, but um, it's a lot of fun, man. There's so much sports going on right now. Where do we want to start? Let's start in the NBA. I mean, there's been a ton of trades recently. Trade deadline, Shams versus Woj. Everyone's dropping a new article every hour. It seems. But let's go over the three main trades that happened around the NBA stratosphere. Let's start with Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris going from the Nets to the Mavericks, and the Nets receiving Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorney Finney-Smith and a first-round pick. Who won the trade in your eyes? Which team got better overall? And what team is more set up for the long run, you think? Yeah, just a quick note. I feel like the Woj versus Shams thing is a uh, a social media-created... I bet those guys like actually love each other. Oh, they're probably best like, friends. Like they probably love the fact that they're all getting attention for eventually they're going to break the same news. Um, I mean, Dallas, it's just a tough... There's one basketball, right? Like there, so between him and Luca, it's going to be real interesting. And maybe not not even necessarily them, but your role guys. Because you hear about role guys so many times, they're rhythm players. You can't get into a rhythm when it's you know every every three possessions is Luca dribbles it for 20, 23 seconds and hoist. Kyrie dribbles it for twenty two and hoist. Then the next one, Luca or Kyrie takes up 21 seconds, dishes it to you with two seconds left on the clock. Like So we'll see how the role players kind of get into it. Luca is hurt right now. Uh, so, you know, we got to wait for him to come back to kind of see how it all works. But, I mean, listen, the Nets got rid of Kyrie Irving. 
I think they win the deal. I mean, I think it's that simple. And Kyrie was a guy that needed to go in, in, in you know, three months after he signed his contract. You know, up until this day, he's play, he was playing the best and most consistent basketball of his career. He was one of eight players in the league, averaging 27-5-5. Five and five. And then all of a sudden, this trade request comes out of nowhere. And then all of it, all it becomes is, well, since year one, Kevin and I wanted out. We knew there had to be a path out. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. None of it makes sense. He says he felt disrespected and unwanted. I mean, you're talking about a team that stood by a guy, Joel, that think about it. Like, th- anybody that's listening to this, think about it. You go to work, and then you just stop showing up to work. It, how does what's going to happen? You're going to either you're going to get letters, phone calls, and or you're going to get fired. This guy just walked out of the team and just left, and he he left during uh, when there was the protests and riots going on, and it's, you know said it was for personal reasons, and then was at his you know sister's birthday party. This guy would just leave the team for no reason. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. So in a nutshell, Joel, as I say all that to say. The team that got rid of Kyrie Irving wins the deal automatically, so the Nets win this one. What do you think? Does this affect Luka and the Mavericks' trajectory for this postseason? Do you think it's a rental? What do you think is going on here? I do think it's a rental. I don't think Kyrie knows exactly where he wants to be right now. I don't know if you know he wants to. We'll talk about it joining somebody else. We're all a little lost, aren't uh, we? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, or if he wants to go to L.A. and team up with Braun again. I, I don't know. Trying to figure out Kyrie Irving's head... Boy, that's a puzzle that's going to take you your entire life. Uh, and you may even scratch like 10% of it. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but I think for the short-term, Jules, yeah, I mean, it's another guy to play alongside Luka, right? I mean, it, he's better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, you know, I think you missed the, the 3 and D of Dorian Finney-Smith a little bit, but um, at the end of the day, I think this team, they're interesting, but I, I don't really see them as serious threats to come out the West. Yeah, I'm not going to hang my hat on a no. conference title for them or a championship for them, I don't think. Nope. But I will say, if this does work out and they retain Kyrie, I do believe the Mavericks have won this deal. I mean, Spencer Didwitty and Finney Smith aren't scrubs by any means, but if they can find a way to work Luka and Kyrie for multiple years, I think Mavericks win this in hindsight. But that's the question is, what do you give them in the like? What, what do you get? Like, the Lakers are going to want to give him a two-year deal because they want his contract to run out when Bronze does. But, I, Jules, I don't know how you could justify giving this guy four years $200 million. Looking forward, though, I mean, you got some free agents. Maybe you bring in a power forward and a 3-and-D win guy, and that maybe. team could look pretty complete real quick. I mean, that's just my opinion, but yeah, we'll see you. how this season plays out, obviously, and whatever Kyrie's thinking, and we'll never know. <laughs> Moving forward, though, there's a three-team trade going on here. LeBron James called up his guys, had to make some moves happen. The Lakers receive D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and J- uh, Jared Vanderbilt, excuse me. Timberwolves receive Mike Conley, Nikhila Alexander-Walker, and a couple of uh, three, actually, second-round picks. And the Jazz receive Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first-round pick. Let's break this whole thing down right now. Lakers, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and added Huchamara a couple weeks ago. What do you think this team's outlook is now? And they actually added Mo Bamba, too. They traded away Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba. Um, Charles, I really like what they've done. They've really flipped the roster when you look at it. And it's actually it's more player turnover than they actually they had on the 2018 Cavs team. You remember the deadline they got, uh, what's his name, George Hill, Hood, and I'm blanking on who else. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is an attempt – to put a playoff team around LeBron. It wasn't working with Russ. Uh, Russ was playing well, but he was getting into it with Darvin Ham. And you could just see, it just wasn't going to work. And, you know, they were finally willing to give up the most held hostage first-round pick in 2027. I believe that kid is, what, we're four years away from that? So that kid is 14 years old right now. Who? Uh, no, just whomever. Oh. Like, whoever that pick turns out to be is 14 years old right now. So it was the most held hostage pick in sports, uh, although now it's the 2029 first-round pick, uh, who is 12 years old, that uh, that the Lakers are going to hold hostage. But, like I said, Joel, they didn't have a lot of resources to go out and make a splash to, to get a guy like Zach Levine or something like that. So I thought they did what, what they could. Vanderbilt's a good defender, and Russell and um, uh, Beasley are top 15 three-point shooters in the league this year. So that's obviously an area, 
you know, just we followed him his whole career. That's what you put around LeBron is three point shooters, and and let him go, you know, go go do his work. And you know what? That's sustainable even if Anthony Davis gets hurt, right? Anthony Davis healthy right now, but we know obviously with his his injury history, it that play style can still work because now they got guys that can shoot it. Uh, LeBron will just drive and kick, drive and kick uh, until you're ready to throw up. So uh, I actually do like it for them. And, yeah, I mean, they'll make a push, I think, towards the play-in, but uh, they're not really serious uh, West contenders either. So now we're going over the Timberwolves here. Now, the Timberwolves added Mike Conley, obviously got rid of D'Angelo Russell and company. They, uh, excuse me, Mike Conley gets added with Anthony Edwards now, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. They're ninth in the West. Is this a serious move to push into the playoffs, or is this team going to fizzle out? I don't think so. I felt more like a move to... Uh, more move to please Rudy Gobert, who they have to make happy because they traded away like 90 picks for him uh, last offseason. What was one of the most ridiculous trades in, that we've ever seen in the NBA in terms of number of picks given up. And so, yeah, they have to make him happy. And he, he enjoyed playing with Mike Conley in, in Utah. And now he's you know gets reunited with him. So maybe Rudy's a little bit happier. Rudy plays a little bit better. I'm pretty and, sure Conley's back home, right? Started on the Timberwolves. Did he? He started on the Grizzlies. Oh, Grizzlies! Thought. I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's a big name for the Grizzlies. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he gets he gets reunited with Rudy. It's gonna be interesting. Now the Jazz add Russell Westbrook and Juan Toscano Anderson to a team with a lot of point guards here. Jo- jo- uh, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen is having a great season at power forward. This team's tenth in the West. Is this kind of a tank move? Allocate picks here, or what do you think? Yeah, it feels like a tank kind of move, because uh, you're not gonna play Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook, excuse me, they're going to buy him out. Um, I don't think, you know, you remember the uh, incident he had a few years ago with the fans in Utah uh, screaming out obscenities and, and, and racial. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, that so you... I don't think that's necessarily a place he wants to play. So they are expected to buy him out and kind of let him go pick whatever team still wants him. You know, I think at this point we've kind of seen the Russell Westbrook experience and he's unwilling to change for the betterment of the team. And now he's not going to have himself a team, it looks like. So it's unfortunate for a guy that plays with, you know, Joel's like if if you got a kid, you want you you want guys playing with the effort that Russell Westbrook does. But it's got to be a little bit more controlled and more conducive to a team environment. But uh, we'll see if he finds a home. Uh, he hasn't yet. And so you never know. Let's go down to the final mega trade of this entire deal, this entire off, uh, mid-season rather, moves. Kevin Durant and TJ Warren get shipped from the Nets to the Phoenix Suns. The Nets receive Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson with a boatload of first-round picks and pick swaps and a pair of second-round picks. The Bucks receive Jay Crowder and the Pacers receive George Hill and Serge Ibaka with a couple second pick swaps as well. Let's go over this whole thing. Let's re-go over the Kyrie deal that happened days prior because it has implications now. Kevin Durant getting out of the Nets was it was it inevitable? Do you uh, do you think it was? I didn't I didn't see it coming mid-season, uh, but once Kyrie left, he kind of got the sense. Um, you know, KD. As much as you want to argue about it, KD didn't really commit to the organization. I think you saw it for the last four years. He committed to his best friend when they wanted to come here. He said, that's my guy, and wherever he goes, I'll go play with him. So, and, you know, you write your own script from there. But it, it, Joel's, it always felt inevitable. But what I found interesting was is that the Nets didn't call anybody else. They only spoke to the Suns. And, like, think about that in business. I want a pizza. I'm only going to call Tony's. Now, I would only call Tony's because Tony's is amazing. Because you do right by your people. Right. But the point is... You look at all your options. You know, if you want the best price, you need to look outside. There's like six pizzerias near Pompton Lakes. You know, you got to look at all of them. Even if you think you're going to get the best deal at Tony's, you still got to shop around. Same thing with the Nets. At least call somebody else. You know, like see what is out there. And maybe you maybe you would put them in a worse situation. Like maybe Sacramento wants them, and yeah, you ship people to Sacramento. I'll be it. honest. What are you kind of alluding to here? Because I think Mikael Bridges is a very hot commodity, and they got a boatload of first round picks, five to be specific, and two second round picks. What more can you give right now for a guy like Kevin Durant? Well, right now, that's all you could give. But 
I'm saying like keep them till the off season, and see what you can get from there. Because then people then here's the other thing too, Joel. We saw it. Remember when Paul George got traded to L.A. Well, who knows? Maybe a mega superstar moves down to like Miami or something. Just say, and it's like, well, I'm only coming here if KD comes. Now you're looking. You know, there's different deals. I think that they could have looked at in the off season, uh, but they were in a rush to get him out of town now. Do you think the Nets got undercompensated now in hindsight for the Kyrie Irving deal if they were going to blow it up from the beginning? Yeah, because Finney Smith and Dinwiddie are not like rebuild guys. They're you know they're older veterans. Only one first round pick too. Yeah, and only one first round pick. Again, the Kyrie thing is tough because again, as much as you talk about Kevin Durant and how much he like goes at teenagers on Twitter, like his character, like nobody's ever nobody's ever confused Kevin Durant with an anti-Semitic individual. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a little bit more baggage with Kyrie that comes with it. But I mean, Joel's listen. That's a, it's a good, it's a good haul for them. Uh, they needed it. Obviously, new Jay Crowder wasn't going to end up in Brooklyn. Uh, he's a vet. He was going to get bought out anyway. But I, there was rumors they got offered four first round picks for Mikael Bridges after that deal came through, and they didn't take it. Now again, I hope those are just rumors because. If you don't, yeah. If you don't yeah. allocate four picks for some guy on the fly, that would be uh, that would be wild. Unfortunately, Mikael Bridges, Joel, on the unfortunate story is he had started every game in college and in the NBA until he got traded, and he had to miss his first game uh, on the day of the deadline. That kind of stinks, you know. That's that's unfortunate for him. He's an Iron Man. Uh, he's played like an Iron Man. So he, he's a good defense. I mean, he was I second mean, in defensive player of the year voting. Hasn't even year. hit his full potential either. So 100%. very odd so commodity. We'll we'll see. Uh, Cam Johnson's an interesting bench piece. So yeah, but I mean, you look at the Suns team now. Whew, they didn't have to give up any. They didn't have to give up any of the big guys. Aiton, you remember when DeAndre Ayton last year wanted out of Phoenix? He wanted actually Brooklyn. Yeah, he wanted out and wanted to go to Brooklyn. Uh, you think he want? You think he wants to stay now, uh, with him, Kevin Durant, uh, CP3. He's kind of aging, but he's still yeah, phenomenal point guard. He he could still distribute. He wants to distribute really. Like I don't think he wants to take over games anymore. Uh, and then obviously Devin Booker, who you know when he's healthy and he's rolling. He's only twenty six. Yeah. He's still three or four years away from yeah. his absolute max. Yeah, absolutely nuts. So that collection of talent, if they can get help, now that's the biggest if, right? Because those, I mean, Aiton's been healthy for his career because he's built like a brick. But the rest of them, KD, Booker, and CB3, injuries are a massive question mark and have littered their careers. Kevin Durant, obviously, especially since the Achilles injury uh, just a few years ago. CB3, his hamstrings are spaghetti at this point. And Booker, you, ne- you just never know. So, Joel, if this team can stay healthy, they better get to the finals. And think about this real quick before I go back to you. Matt Ishbia, Ishbia, excuse me, Ishbia, the brand new owner, in his first 12 hours on the job, he lands Kevin Durant. Are you kidding me? Commitment by new owners. James is a Dolan, great sign. wake up, dog. Wake up. I will say, I heard James Dolan on a WFAN interview. Yeah. He has his brain on. He understands business. A little bit. But that's a problem for fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He makes money on the margins. He tries to do good by everybody. But eventually, it's a business. So I don't really hate James Dolan. I think his practices are a little weird, but yeah. I think the Knicks have no chance until James Dolan sells the team. I agree, because it's strictly a financial asset right. for him. Right. Kind of odd, but yeah, a great, a great deal if you're the Suns. But step back, big picture now yep. for the Nets. Last week you had Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Kyrie yep. requesting out. Do you think they did as best as possible to salvage everything, or do you think they probably should have kept them for this year on basically what would be a rental for six months? Yeah, well, Kyrie would have been the rental. KD's under contract for three more years after this year, which is actually even better for the Suns now, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's it's probably as good as, they've could have, uh, as they could have done. Like I said, maybe they get an extra pick or something for Durant or an extra player. But, you know, they didn't bring back, you know, any, you know, if, if you're negotiating with the Suns, like my first thing is one of those three is coming back to me. You know what I mean? And they got none of them. So, you know, I know Mikael Bridges is a good player, but he's not on that level. And so it's uh, it's definitely interesting. I saw Kyrie came out, and I was, I was listening to the fan when they were talking about this. And they played a clip, and he was like, I was so happy Kevin got out of there. 
And Geo on Boomer and Geo was like, where where do you get out of Guantanamo Bay? Like, what is this guy talking about? Like, he got out of, like, Rikers? Like, what is happening that they think that it's just, it's unreal. But if you're a Net fan, you know what, Jules? It's actually for the fans. It may bring the fan base back together. Remember when Atkinson was there and they were really building like a, they weren't obviously a great, you know, they're not a top four seed, but they were a fun team, a fun collection of talent. That was obviously after the aftermath of the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry deal. You're talking the, the Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell team. Yeah, and remember, Kevin Durant, Kyrie came here. They had to bring DeAndre Jordan because Kevin Durant demanded so. They traded away Jared Allen. For James Harden. Which is, that's 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 tough. I understand. That's where they went wrong. I understand the where, the fan ba- where, the, where the fan base is, excuse me. I, I get it. It's tough, but Joel's. I will say this: they have a very likable team right now. Like the guys that are there, they're going to play hard. Joe Harris was sniping out of the sky the other night. He's going to sell more tickets. It, if I'm being honest. He was six of six in the second quarter. I mean, Joe Harris hasn't shot that well since 2017. So you kind of look at it. Cam Thomas obviously has been great, um, and, and you kind of just go from there. Nick Claxton continues to build. So Joel, so this team's not going to the basement. Like, this team's not reaching Ma- Orlando Magic levels, you know, or even, like, uh, New Jersey Nets levels, you know, when they were that bad. But, uh, it, obviously, it'll be it'll be interesting. Hoping for a Knicks-Nets play-in tournament game uh, this year. That would be a lot That would be a lot of fun for the whole city. So, let's get into, let's leave the NBA, stay in New York, and let's get into football a little bit. As the season ends for both Giants and Jets, I want to get into the Jets situation heading into the offseason. The Jets have a lot of question marks around their team, but the most important is at the most important position, QB1. What do you think goes on here? How many quarterbacks do they bring into the next season? Is Zach Wilson still their guy? Yeah, they have three three big question marks. Who is their quarterback? Who is their left tackle? And is their coach good enough? I think we're going to get the answer to all those questions this year. Um, I think you put the GM question in there, too, but that's yeah, just me. Yeah, yeah, I think Douglas will get a pass, though, from Woody Johnson. Um, but, yeah, they got to get the quarterback right. And, you know, Joel's I hear Jet fans going back and forth about the Rodgers things. That's our job. As Giant fans and as football fans, it's our job to question that. You as Jet fans have, you know, you talk to them and they've suffered for so long. You don't get to then pick, well, this guy likes mushrooms in the offseason. <laughs> this guy likes dark retreats. I don't want him on my team. A no, four-day no. dark retreat, right. bro. No, you don't get to pick. We're talking 96 hours alone in a dark room. That's you, a weird behavior like, for Rodgers. You don't get to pick, then, the qualities of If you want a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, you will trade for Aaron Rodgers. If you're a Jeff fan, it's that simple. If you want a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, you will trade for him. No questions asked. No lights turned off or on. No mushrooms sold. It doesn't matter. You have to want Aaron Rodgers if you're a Jet fan, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna bring him in. I, I really do. So if they don't bring him in, yep. let's look at the options around the league. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy yep. G oh, could God. trade for Derek Carr on a big cap hit. It looks like Carr may go to New Orleans, so it, that that could remove him you're from. Possibly situation. looking at Tannehill, depending on what Tennessee does in the draft. Yep. What do you think now out of those four options? Carr, Jimmy, Baker, Tannehill would be most suitable for the Jets, if not Rodgers. That's what I'm trying to think. It's, and it's going to be hard, too, because Rodgers technically can't get traded until June 1st. Uh, so that does open the door. But, yeah. Derek Carr uh, as well, I believe. No, Carr, well, no. The decision on Carr's contract is coming up. Before June 1st, yeah. Uh, it's actually coming million. up February 14th, I believe. They If they don't cut him by then. So if he's still on the roster as of February 15th, his contract for next year is fully guaranteed. So they have a very interesting uh, decision to make, and I, Charles, I, all indications have shown that if they don't trade him by the end of Valentine's Day, they will cut him. Uh, so he will be then be a free agent. But I'm trying to think. So I'm going to take Derek Carr off the table because we've heard a lot of him to New Orleans. So now we're left with Jimmy G, Baker, Tannehill. It would have to be Jimmy G. The guy doesn't stay healthy, but I mean the guy's played in a Super Bowl before. He's played in multiple NFC Championship games. Uh, he would have to be the guy. Again, I know he can't really stay healthy that much, but you got to kind of figure it out from there. I, Baker is, he, he's a, I'm tired of the whole chip on the shoulder thing. Uh, and then Tannehill, I've never been a fan of Tannehill. Uh, the guy was a former wide receiver at uh, Texas A&M. And I just, I've never really been impressed with him. And I think teams will learn exactly how to beat the Jets 
with Ryan Tannehill, which is you just make him a thrower. And if he's got to throw it 40 times a game, he's more than likely going to give you three picks, uh, two or three picks. So, uh, And those are game changers. So, so let's go into yep. the, the Jimmy G scenario of the Jets. Yep. They go into next year with Jimmy G as their main quarterback. Yep. How many quarterbacks do they bring on the active roster? Is the number three again, or do they cut Mike White and solely rely on Zach Wilson? I, I, Joel's, I've been a component. They got to cut Zach Wilson. Whoa. I, I think his, com- I think his confidence and everything in this city is. That wasn't even on the table. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it working. I don't see it sticking. Guys do not oftentimes get berated as bad as he has in New York or any city for that matter. Stay and then find a way to be better. Generally, it's a change of scenery will make it work. Look at Gino. You know, again, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's Gino Smith, but a change of scenery helped Gino Smith kind of put his or well, multiple changes of scenery helped Gino put his career back on the map. Obviously, he wins comeback player of the year this year. Um, which is came back from being ass. Which excuse me. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about that one. But uh, but no, it's if you're the Jets, it's I I just I don't see how you can keep because again, J- if Jimmy G's gonna get hurt, Zach Wilson's the first guy in there, and that's a problem. That's gonna be a pro. The fan base will not have it. I I just don't think they will. And you don't see a scenario where they bring another three quarterbacks in, especially with their whole lineman. Thing, I could right? see it. Oh. I, yeah, I could see. I could see them bring. I think team. I think a lot of teams should get three quarterbacks. Um, hundred percent. I mean, the third one's not gonna be that great, but you know, you definitely. We we watched the Niners in the postseason. I mean, you kind of need to have it. So it's it, it, the Jets. Got to figure it out, but they should be shooting for Rodgers, so, in my opinion. Let's go over the next big question mark for the Jets, their yep. coaching staff. Is Rob Sala the guy, in your opinion, to lead this next generation of football, the offensive-minded guys? And it is now his new buddy, Nathaniel Hackett, who's calling plays good enough to lead this next generation of yeah, offensive man, guys. Sometimes your friends will get you killed, and uh, that that's you got to be very careful. And Mike LaFleur almost got Rob Sala killed. Uh, so, you know, now we'll see. Is, is Hackett going to get reunited with... Rodgers, because then I think at that point his job or his job performance could be inflated, right? He's, you know, he, he coaches Aaron Rodgers. It's, you know, life's pretty simple. But if he's got a coach, Zach Wilson, Jimmy G, some of these other guys that he's going to have to elevate, can he do that? I don't know. I, I'm with Russ. not 100% sure. So, yeah, we saw the disaster. But, you know, again, more focus now on just solely the offense. So give him a fair shot, but... Joel's I I have not seen from Robert Sala yet that he is the guy of the future, and it's which weird t- because which tells you, me no. You see the ball immediately jump on the scene. It's almost like all right, maybe this guy isn't the guy we thought he no, was. We're keeping Sala. keeping receipts, right? So that's that's Sala's thing. So um, well, he'll keep this receipt. Last question for the Jets yep. before we move on to the Giants: Is there a win it, um, like a ten win scenario for you before all these guys start to lose their jobs? Like, is what? there, like, a, a time restriction on how much they need to, or... Oh, they better make the postseason next year. It's, they they better make the postseason next year. I know Woody Johnson came out and said there's no there's no playoff requirement. There better be. There better be. Because the clock is ticking, and this roster is really good. I don't know how many times we've been able to say that in our lifetime about Jets, but I'm being serious here. Probably like four that, or five times, but yeah. This like, roster just had the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. I This is a good football team. All that's, getting paid cheap. That's ready to go, and they're all cheap. That's why you can afford to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million this year or whatever his contract's going to be when he comes to New York because all these guys are cheap. You got it. You have to win now, and you got to go for it. So, yeah, if they don't get to the postseason next year, Joel's, I'd I'd fire them all, I'd fire them all. I think I think uh, Joe Douglas is a little bit more safe than Sala is. I mean, he's put together a great roster. But if Sala doesn't get to the postseason, adios, adios, amigo. I hear you. Let's move on from the Jets to the Giants now. Yep. Giants have triple, if not quadruple, more question marks than the Jets heading into this off season. Let's start with the big one again. Daniel Jones, the quarterback position. Let's do a little game: sign, cut, or tag. Now, side range would be somewhere along the tag range in that thirty-four to thirty-seven million a year, yep. making him around the eighth to twelfth highest-paid quarterback at any given time. The tag range, I'm a positive, it's like thirty-four something, thirty-four, 
eight. Think it went, yeah, something like or it went down to 32 maybe. So that's a one-year rental. Yep. Or you just outright cut him. So sign, cut, or tag Daniel Jones. This is tough. This is tough because he has proven a lot of people wrong, including myself. And he does have a market. And he does have a market. Joel's, I'm t- there is a there is a crazy scenario that to me gets less and less crazy every day. And it's it it is that the Giants need to let him go and need to focus this year on building the roster properly. And what I mean is building it up everywhere else and you're going to stink this year because you, you're not going to have a good quarterback. And then we all know who's coming out next year in Caleb Williams coming out of USC, who's the next generational guy uh, that everybody's talking about. And you get a You get a quarterback on a rookie deal that we're seeing what the trend is in this league. And the Giants are still, even with Joe Shane, even with Dayball, trying to go against how you need to build a roster nowadays. The only guy that's been able to build a roster with a quarterback who's getting paid decent money, like a a more veteran, uh, top-heavy, and then place younger guys everywhere else, is New England. And that's Bill Belichick, who just happens to be the greatest coach ever, right? So that's a little bit different. I'll say, Joel's. I think they sign him. I think they sign. I think they love him, um, and they sign him to. Uh, I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be five years. And let me elaborate a little more on what we mean by build it proper. The proper way, the ideal way, it's never gonna happen. The NFL is to build a full, complete team around a rookie quarterback. That rookie quarterback to become good enough to surround the rookies you have to replace the veterans with. And if right. that happens consistently, then at the time the veteran quarterback needs to retire, the younger guys around him are now veterans, and you bring in another rookie quarterback. So in theory, it should work flawlessly. In reality, it never works at all. So that's what we mean by build it back properly. Well, yeah, but you're even going to look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got a they, – they had a chance last year in the Super Bowl. They Very were in rare. the AFC Championship game this year, but Burroughs – uh, Burrow's up after next year. Chase is up after next year. Higgins is up after next year. I think actually Burrow's eligible for an extension this offseason. So it, it's going to get expensive. And Joel's really the only ones to figure it out have been the Chiefs who signed Mahomes to this mega deal. That's the perfect But they difference. can spread it out, right? So that's... The, and think about what Pat Mahomes walked into. Yep. Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, veteran line, veteran running back, great defense. Honor and then by the time contract. all those guys mm-hmm. had to leave, except Kelsey... Pat Mahomes is good enough to elevate everybody else. Correct. And by the time Pat Mahomes is going to retire, hopefully they have a good enough team around Pat to bring in another rookie. Right. A perfect offensive model. Right. And again, I'm not even necessarily worried about the next guy yet, but yeah, that's that's you're right. That's exactly that's the model. And again, you know, I I so yeah, I think they sign Jones eventually, uh, and I think it's a five year deal so they can kind of spread out the money a little bit. Uh, and kind of go from there. So this opens up our next question in the sign, cut, or tag. Saquon Barkley. Since we didn't tag Daniel Jones, there's still a possibility to sign Saquon at around $11 million. He's looking for around $16 million. $5 million is a big difference in terms of running back deals. Sign, cut, or tag Saquon Barkley. I would have tagged him the minute the number came out. I'm not even kidding about that. The minute that number dropped from 12-6 to 10-9, I would have, sp- I would have sprinted sprinted up and tagged him immediately. Um, listen, and you know what? You don't want to play in the franchise tag? Guess what? You don't play football this year. Sorry. Le'Veon Bell tried it. That's just the way it is. He tried it and he failed. He got a decent contract, but he failed because he came back Le'Veon. and was never was never the same again. So I, I think Saquon kind of understands the business of, this, of the running back stuff, and if he doesn't, he's going to find out the hard way this year. Um, but at the end of the day, Joel, we know, everybody knows here on the podcast, it's, it's basically an amendment here. Amendment number one, not free speech, but uh, that you don't pay running backs big money. You can't do it. It doesn't work. Even when you're emotionally detached like we are to Saquon. You can't do it. Unless you attach a waiver at the top that says we are giving up our right to attend Super Bowl, if it's a four-year deal, Super Bowl 58, 59, 60, and 61. That's That's basically what you're saying, especially on a team with so many holes. I mean, this team... Their linebackers were atrocious. Not atrocious. They played well for the most part of the year, but well for, like, replacement guys. Like, not well for, like, all league and stuff like that. So, 
they got to get better in a lot of different areas. They can't afford to pay $16 million to a running back. So let's go over wide receivers real quick. Yep. Shepard and Slayton are now unrestricted free agents. Wandale and Hodgins likely to come back. And then Richie James, obviously a free agent and probably going to get cut. Out of those three, who would you want to retain the most? Shepard, Slayton, or Richie James? Oh, God. I really don't want any of them. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm the, I'll take Victor Cruz back. Um, Jules, I don't want any of them. I'm not I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, I guess Shepard for his locker room presence, you know, back against the wall, gun to head, I'll, I'll take Shepard. But, I mean, Richie James, fumble machine. Dude, I have to become religious every time the guy touches the football and start praying, please, please, don't let this be the one. And then Darius Slayton, my God. Every time it matters, the guy drops the football, finds a way to let it hit the turf. It just can't happen. It just can't happen. So, And Sterling Shepard can't ever stay healthy, you know, so whether it's concussions, whether it's torn ACLs, Achilles, whatever, I get it. So gun to my head, I'll, pay, I'll take Sterling Shepard. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not too pleased with either of the three. There's methods of the madness of questioning here because the next question is, out of the free agent wide receivers... Right. Who would you want? And the list isn't that appealing. Got Nelson Aguilar, DJ Chark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, and Juju. Just a bunch of B-tier list guys. Do you think this is a year the Giants just forego trying to get good receivers? Or what's your situation here? Juju, maybe? Alan Lazard? I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, but I wonder how much... Keenan Allen, too, by the way. Yeah, I don't want Keenan Allen. I think he's... Not not that he's We're not good enough to... But we're not good. Yeah, yeah, like he 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 would come here and have to be a one, and I just don't think at this point in his career he's he's going to be doing that uh, anytime soon. So uh, yeah, it's it's Chark, really weird. You just don't want to spend a ton of money on these guys. None of these guys are like like I'm not shelling out four years sixty mil for any of these guys. You know what I mean? So uh, I think Lazard may command big money because he's going to be the biggest name there. But I mean, other than that, you you got to look towards the draft. Uh, and normally I don't like doing that, but you kind of you have no choice sometimes. So, so let's go over some comments Travis Kelsey made this week. Sure. He gave a high praise to our guy Dan Bellinger, tight end, yep. a couple more tight ends, of course. What do you take this Kelsey praise at praise as? Do you believe Daniel uh, Bellinger is the next guy to be a great tight end? I mean, listen, I, I you know me, Joel's. I put a lot of weight into what these guys say um, because they are the ones there on a day in day out basis and. You know, Travis Kelsey now with the tight end university stuff, uh, the, the tight ends are even closer than they ever have been uh, just in terms of, like, knowing each other and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, if Travis Kelsey thinks he's the next great one, great. That's awesome. Uh, now I just got to see it. You know, he had the unfortunate injury last year where he fractured his eye socket, which is just an injury you don't ever see. Um, no pun intended, by the way, the, the injury you see. But, uh, you know, I want to see him bounce back this year. He's a, he's a heck of a blocker, and, you know, I think he can catch the ball and really make some things happen. So we'll see. I, I expect Bellinger to be better next year uh, than he was this year. And, yeah, Jules, I think he can take that step. I, I, I think he I, he's probably a top-10 tight end right now. Whoa. I, th- I think. I Without actually thinking that over, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's a, he's probably a top-10 tight end. I'm probably going to put him in that 12 to 15 range. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah, he's in the top half of the he, league. 100%. So, you know, he's he's got room to grow, and I expect him to. Yeah, he was only a rookie last year. So let's do this thing. So, yeah, let's move on to some more NFL news around the league. Sean Payton is now a Den- the Denver Broncos head coach. I believe the Broncos gave the Saints a first-round pick next year and a second-round pick the following year, as well as um, they gave up a first-round pick and two second-round picks for Russell Wilson. So the entirety of all the consideration here is the Broncos have traded three first-round picks, three second-round picks, a 2022 fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris, and have received Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, a fourth-round pick, and a third-round pick. It's a lot to break down. (laughs) But in totality, the Broncos have sold a couple years of their future to match up Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Do you think this benefits them, and what's the outlook for next year? Yeah, they gave up. Yeah, that first-round pick is for this year. Uh, oh, yeah, 20, 2023. I, yeah, yep. I still get all confused with the 2023 this year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Jules, all their all their eggs are in a basket. It is the it is the Peyton Wilson basket, and wherever those two go, this is where this team goes. If he gets them playing correctly, 
they're going to be really good. If he can't figure them out, they're screwed. I mean, they it is they are all in on those two guys. But again, Sean Payton went, you know, when he went to New Orleans, he had himself a veteran quarterback who not a lot of people thought was good anymore. Um, and then obviously, you know, Drew, you know, Drew turned out to be well, well, uh, still in his prime uh, and figured things out. And I think after Nathaniel Hackett left, Russell Wilson didn't look like, you know, peak Russ, but he looked like a serviceable quarterback, which I think kind of like everybody was looking for at least, um, you know, you don't have to look like the $250 man, $250 million man, but like look like a real NFL quarterback for once. And he, and he kind of did towards the end. So, and Sean Payton's a creative offensive mind. So we'll see. Although I saw Payton said already that uh, Russ's quarterback coach will not be welcome to be hanging around the facility. I love Payton. Really the only one I could ever think of that did that was, uh, Brady with Alex Guerrero was around a lot. Um, but again, if Bill agrees, you know, with that, it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Russell Wilson's quarterback coach will not be hanging around the Broncos facility this year. Really interesting time. A- interesting time over there in Denver. I mean, yeah, it's Broncos country. Let's ride. And if you They're don't ride, you die standing. So <laughs> it's down to Sean Payton. It's up to Russell Wilson. It's these guys got to get going or their future looks very, very bleak. Moving forward, though, around more coaching news, D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for um, the San Francisco 49ers, is the head coach now of the Houston Texans following their NFC Championship loss. What do you think D'Amico Ryans does with this, uh, D'Amico Ryans does with this team, and what do you think their draft position is now coming up with a defensive coach? I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge get for them. Uh, Ryans famously played for Houston. He was uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year for them. Uh, he was exceptional. I think Joel's the bare minimum. He puts a culture in place. I feel like Houston has kind of been a place where it's like anything goes, everything goes. After once well, the once the Deshaun Watson stuff broke, that that team really lost everything. You ask me. Once JJ Watt kind of got out of there, that's it, fair. It went really awry. That's fair. Um, and so yeah, I, actually, I don't think that was too far apart. Yeah, by no, the way, no, either. No. So yeah, I mean, as soon as JJ walks out the door, kind of all hell breaks loose. Literally. Uh, and then they're in trouble. So I think he brings some stability to them. Again, I don't know if he's a great head coach, but I know he's a leader of men, and it's going to be fun to watch. The important part is, Joel, is they give him a six-year deal. Uh, the last two head coaches they had all got one singular season, and then were shown the door, which is really odd and kind of crappy when you think about it. And it shows a lack of commitment from ownership for coaches to want to go there. Correct. But Ryan's gets a six-year deal. He's going to have a chance to build this thing right. Unfortunately, Lovey Smith gave him a middle finger before he left. Do you think they take Bryce Young now and get it right year one? I do. That's if Bryce Young's there. We'll see. Somebody may trade up to number one, take a quarterback. Do the Bears take a quarterback? That's a hold that that's we'll we'll get to that down the line. But we'll be back before the draft. Yeah, I mean if they, if if they're in a position to draft Bryce Young, they're going to. I think it's that simple. So let's go around more coaching stratosphere back home yep. to New York. Uh, Giants. Wink Martindale. Went to a second interview in Indianapolis for a head coaching position. Did not get the job. We retain him. How important is that to New York? Massive. Massive. Wink is a, is a mastermind at what he does. And the Giants are only going to get more defensive pieces around him uh, and allow him to kind of do... Dude, he was playing his scheme with, like, replacement players. Like, it, it, we're talking about, like, the reincarnation of Landon Collins and the reincarnation of Jalen Smith. Like, these are all guys that, like, were great at one point in their career... Not now they're not great. The reincarnation of Tony Jefferson, too. You know, so he he was doing a lot with a little. And so now, you know, hopefully they can build that defense around him, get Dexter Lawrence signed. Uh, that's obviously a massive, massive uh, issue. Or not not issue, obviously, if they take care of it. And it's, a, it's a massive deal that they have to get done. They publicly said they want to sign him. 100%. So it's, I don't think it's going to be he's a He's a fan favorite, thing. dude. Everybody yeah. loves Sexy Dex. And he's top two in his position in the league. So, yep. yeah, he's going to have to get paid. And that's basically it around the football league, besides the Super Bowl, obviously, we're about to get into. You got any more news, anything like that? No, I mean, outside of that, Jules, I'm just trying to think. Um, no, not much. I mean, the NFL coming out and backing their officials was interesting. Uh, they were they were horrific in the AFC Championship game and NFC Championship game. Now the NFC game it didn't matter, uh, because you know the, let, the let me Eagles ask you something before we get out, into still, this. Yeah, go ahead. So the San Francisco 49ers have been on a two week media bender after getting blown yep. out by like twenty two points, twenty three points, right? 
Uh, what was yeah, it? Thirty-one to seven. So twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, I thought it was thirty-one-eight for some reason. But besides the point. What do you think the the San Francisco 49ers are doing with their public image? And what do you see the Bengals as, who actually got screwed and haven't said a word? Now, do you see the San Francisco 49ers as little wussies? Like, they, I kind of do. They're, they're, but they're not wrong. Like, they're, they're, not, not, they're not right, but they're not wrong either. Right. Yeah, but you got to remember that game flipped immediately after Brock left. Like, Brock gets hurt. Then they, then they go on that long drive, score a touchdown. Josh Johnson fumbles in the two-minute drive. That game turns into 21-7 very quickly instead of 7-7. So, you know, it it is, uh, and even the first drive, if they challenge the catch and whatever. Listen, uh, I put a lot of a lot of fault on Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he got okay. his he got his quarterback hurt. He tried to block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end, and that's coaching malpractice. I'm sorry, whether you want to hear it or not. Well, you love Kyle Shanahan, you hate it. I love the guy, but you can't do that. You can't do that and then be absent of blame. So Kyle Shanahan's got a lot to think about. And you know what, Joel's? Yeah, I mean, kind of like let us do that for you. Um, like, you know, like let us kind of do the talking for you, San Fran. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do wish we would have gotten to see that game with – Again, I don't know. I don't think they win it with Brock Purdy, but you don't you don't know. So you think the, the crap talk is – Allowed, rather, is acceptable. But also, there's like one of them that's got thrown in there, Joel's, where they just said, I hope both teams lose the Super Bowl. That's great. There's a lot of people that think that. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, that doesn't make them, that doesn't make them a wuss. Like, there's a lot of people that hope nobody wins. Brandon Ayuk said, if I, uh, he said something about putting every dollar he ever has, you know, on Kansas City. Yeah, great. Every Giant fan thinks the same thing, you know? So I, I don't know. There is, there are some comments I just wish they would kind of, Hold back on, but I also do think it's you know listen they don't want either team to win why would you you know it's it's not your team and now you got to hear about it for the next year so and uh, especially if you're going against Philly but yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll see Brock Purdy is going to have Tommy John surgery so he's out he's going to be out almost a year um, and then what what do they do at quarterback it's going to be interesting maybe That's Rogers another, yeah maybe yeah. the team that passed on him originally I don't I think he still holds a grudge against them I I think he does. So let's do it. From preseason week one all the way to the final game of the NFL season. Went by very quickly. Yes, we did. end up in Glendale, Arizona for the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are one and a half point favorites. Let's break down the uh, the initial score and then let's break down all the props and other things about this game. Yeah, a lot of fun in this game. Like I said, uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, both one seeds. So, you know, you kind of... You know, you always you always kind of root for some chaos, but you you know, chalk wise, this is this is what we get. So the two number one seeds, you're talking about the MVP and Patrick Mahomes. By the way, last uh, nine MV, quarterback MVPs to go to the Super Bowl, zero and nine. So if you're looking for ways to put your money or where to put your money, you keep track of some of the stuff like that. Uh, you've got uh, Kelsey versus Kelsey, so the Kelsey family doesn't lose. Somebody's coming home with a ring. Good for them. Uh, I saw their mom just signed a sponsorship with Bud Light, which is kind of interesting. And it's I, uh, it's uh, like they're they're living it up, man. Can almost guarantee too that this might be Jason Kelsey's last game. Uh, dude. By the way, anybody that's listening to this, free invite to the ticker tape parade that I'm throwing for Jason Kelsey's retirement because I'm tired of seeing him. Uh, Lane Johnson, you're next, buddy. And, and I don't and I don't mean that because I hate the guy. He's an unbelievable player. He just haunts the Giants. Absolutely decimates the Giants. His record against the Giants is ridiculous. He's unbelievable, yeah. dude. He can move like no center can. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You young guns, if you oh, need a center man. to look at tape, he's Watch the guy. Jason Kelsey. That, I, I mean, Joel's teams don't pull their centers. And Jason Kelsey isn't even the best snapper in the league. He's probably one of the yeah. worst snappers in the league, but his first step is so quick, he's that so ball good. can go anywhere. He, and he's he's a twig. Yeah. He's a twig, too. He's not like he's not like 340 pounds and can't move. He's, yeah. I mean, this guy, is, this guy can move. Uh, and displace people. So uh, we'll see about that, obviously. You know, so that's uh, their family. We'll see if their mom does the coin toss. That would be kind of cool at the Super Bowl. Good for them. Good story. Andy Reid against his former team. Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni. Sirianni's been in the news because Julian Love's been talking about him. Uh, And kind of away we go on that. But uh, it's kind of nuts, Joel's, when you think about this matchup. It... It has. I, I just don't see a way the Chiefs blow them out. 
So I think this game, you know, has three of the four possible results. Chiefs win in a close one, Eagles win in a close one, or Eagles win in a blowout. If both teams bring their A game, who do you think wins? Oh, boy. I'm talking no one falters. Everyone's get to the money. Yeah. Everybody plays their A game. If everybody plays their A game, I think Philly's got just more firepower. But I'm going to bank on the fact that not everybody's going to play their A game. And uh, listen, Jules, I think really the two big differences between these teams, if the Chiefs have any chance of winning, Mahomes has to play like an MVP. Um, for the Eagles to win, Jalen Hurts just has to like take the snap every play. Like He can play awful, and the Eagles can win. It's kind of crazy. Like the, it's so stylistically different in that regard. But I'm excited to see what Andy Reid does. He's 20. What is he? Is he 23 and four after an, uh, a bye week or something like that? He's some ridiculous stat with that. And I'm excited to see what he came up creative wise, uh, creativity wise. Uh, I, I can't imagine they go ring around the Rosie in the Super Bowl. That seems like kind of disrespectful. But how are they going to block Hassan Reddick? How are they going to? How are they going to block Brandon Graham? Is that's the last game of Brandon Graham's career? Uh, who's been who's been great for Philly? They love him down there. Hassan Reddick's about to get himself paid. Jolan, that's a that. By the way, Hassan Reddick's a dark horse uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP. By the way, in my book, so just keep keep that one in mind. He could take over, you know, like Von Miller did a few years ago. We'll see. You never know. You just never know in these games. And you know, Jules, I can't. I don't. I I I can't screw Philly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like let's go Chiefs, like with every bone in my body, you know. So let's get down to some props. Let's let's do a a one time last final season. Yep. Or last final game of the season, air it out, five dollar, same game parlay. So let's start with touchdown scores. Who do you think? Let's get let's start with three, three people to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Three. I I go Kelsey. Kelsey. Sanders. Sanders. And oh boy. Who's the red? Is the red zone target? I think Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I think Goddard in the red zone, both tight ends and Miles Sanders. All right, let's go to player passing yards. Jalen Hurts over or under two hundred and thirty-eight and a half. Ooh. I think he goes over. Yeah, this is a young Chiefs secondary, very young. Spags is going to have to blitz the daylights out of them, because uh, otherwise they could really take the top off this defense, but. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. It's interesting. It's that's tough though. He's so dynamic in both regards. That's a tough one. Pat Mahomes, two hundred ninety-two and a half yards, over or under. To win the game, they're gonna. He's gonna have to go over. So fair point, in my opinion. Also, by the way, I was, I was, I was talking to our buddy Zach Kruk today, and uh, there's a number I believe out there of Mahomes rushing yards, of over under nineteen and a half. Yep. I think it's got to be over. Or we're right. about to get into that, yeah. maybe. There you so go. We'll start rushing yards, 19 and a half for Pat Mahomes. We'll go over. Let's do Jalen Hurts, 49 and a half rushing yards. That's a big number. Big number. It's Miles a Sanders big number. A bigger number. Yeah. I, that's a... Mm, that's tough. I, it's mm, a Super Bowl, though. It is a Super I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Okay. Do, are sacks counted against rushing yards or passing yards? They're Neither. neither. They're, they're, okay, okay, they're their okay. own kind of thing, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll still go under. Okay. I don't think he has a scramble as much. Miles Sanders, 61 and a half rushing yards over or under. It's a big number. So I, they were talking about this on the fan, and they were talking about how he always gets pulled. Like when they like the in this playoff run, he's always gotten pulled once they kind of gain some ground. So it's hard for him to hit his numbers. But it's the Super Bowl. But it's the Super Bowl, and it's likely his last game as an Eagle. Uh, he, is a, he is set to be a free agent, will probably get paid elsewhere. So, yeah, you're not going to mind running him down. I, th- I think he goes over. Uh, let's go Isaiah Pacheco at 46 and a half. That's the last rusher. Oof. See, I just don't – if they're going to win this game, I just don't see them rushing the football enough. I'm going under. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's go to some receivers now. Let's pick four or five receivers to really complete this thing. Dallas Goddard, 49 and a half receiving yards, over or under? Oh, boy. I, he, I'm going to go over. I think he could have a big day. Because they're going to have to put two high safeties to take away Smith and Brown, right? I, I don't think they're going to have much of a choice in that regard. Could open up the field for Dallas Goddard a lot. Devontae Smith, 65 and a half. Oh. That's a hard number. And A.J. Brown a has a 72 number. and a half number. So, yeah, a lot of yards oh, to go God. around if you pick everybody. That's tough. I'll, uh, 
Oh, man. I'll go. Let's go over. It could be let's a big day. Over. It could be a big yeah. day in the air. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a young secondary, man. It, it really is. So Let's go. A.J. Brown, again, 72 and a half yards. Now, if all three of those guys go over, you're looking at about a buck seventy between the three of them, hmm. which is not—it's not impossible. No, no, because we said Hurts is going to get over 238 yeah. passing yards. So, if he's if he's going to give love to everybody, that's the question. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I want to go under because after the comments he made after the Giant game about not getting the football while they won by 30, that like really bothered me. Um, it like it like really irritated me. So I kind of like just hope he doesn't get any targets. Just for five bucks, though, you gotta put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I'll uh, go under. I go under on the AJ Brown number. Let's go, Travis Kelsey, seventy nine and a half. Now, they're, mind you, if they're gonna win, it's gonna have to be over. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, let's do uh, Jarek McKinnon, twenty two and a half. Backup running back, passing yards, passing yards. He always finds well, a way. Uh, receiving in, yards, rather. Yeah, yeah, receiving yards. He always finds a way. Into the passing game, and I feel like Pat Mahomes has been checked down happy. He'll get, he'll get. Che- they may play sit in zone, and they, he could check it down. The one, yeah, I, I would go, I go over. Let's go, um, Juju Smith, thirty-seven and a half for the last one. Yeah, yeah, it could be a big day for Juju. Oh yeah, it may have. It's well, obviously, like probably gonna have to be a big day for Juju. So yeah, our final parlay in total: Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, over any time. For Jalen Hurts in passing yards, over for Pat Mahomes in passing yards, over Pat Mahomes rushing yards, under Jalen Hurts rushing yards, over Miles Sanders rushing yards, under Pacheco rushing yards, over Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, over Travis Kelsey, under A.J. Brown, over Jarek McKinnon receiving yards, over Juju Smith-Schuster receiving yards. Yeah. It's a 15-legger. Five bucks wins you $3,913, which Woo. me and Goose will be splitting. Beautiful. We got the aired out final Super Bowl parlay, baby. <laughs> there you go. And there, the, Joe's, there were some other ones I was looking at this morning with Crucky and uh, having some fun with it. Uh, you got over under eight and a half songs in the in the halftime show. Now half Rihanna will be on the stage for thirteen minutes. So eight eight songs is a minute and a half per song. So that's gonna be interesting. I'm interested to see Joel's who she brings out. She's got to bring somebody out, right? I mean, she hasn't cut when Her we husband? were in, when we were in middle school. I mean, she was releasing music all the time, you know. And, She's a mom now. Yeah, businesses, right. So, fame. but that leads me to believe that like somebody's got to be coming. Is it her husband? Yeah. Is uh, who you know is it ASAP Rocky or is it ASAP Ferg? Um, who? Her husband. Her husband's Jay Z. Beyonce. No, 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 no. Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna's boyfriend uh, is ASAP Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, ASAP yeah. Rocky. Rest in peace, ASAP Ferg. Yeah. Uh, so either ASAP Rocky or uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Maybe Eminem comes out for a couple songs. I thought it was Beyonce. It's Rihanna. No, it's Rihanna. Yeah. I thought for like weeks it was Beyonce. Beyonce was people, a, Beyonce was a few years ago. I've wasn't been telling she? people Beyonce's doing the halftime show. <laughs> Didn't Beyonce do Twenty Twenty? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. She definitely did one. That's recently. one of those things where I, I'm not particularly <laughs> entertained by the halftime shows. But it'll be interesting. Yeah. No. There's some like Crucky walks his dog. I'm a gamer. Halftime. Yeah. Crucky's like, like I'm getting out of the house. <laughs> you know. So um, it is interesting, Joel's, because the Super Bowl is really an event. You know, it's not, it's different for football fans. You know, it's really more built to get the casuals to come in. Uh, no, I hear you. You know, and it's about, social gatherings. About the halftime and the commercials yeah. and everything. It's pigs like in a blanket, it's mott sticks, oh, yeah. it's wings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pizza, get a little pizza in there mm-hmm. too. Steve Cohen's dropping a $7 million commercial. Local ad. Uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be good. Um, he yeah. said he wants to build the Mets as a brand rather than just a baseball team. I That's what I love to hear. As long as it comes with a championship, I couldn't care less. Look what the Yankees did. That and, logo is um, profitable. Yeah, it was. And uh, Joel's just another uh, in the booth thing. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. Burkhart started WGHT six years as their sports director. Uh, I covered Greg Olson's games when he was at Wayne Hills. Uh, I've, I went to the Hills football camps as a kid. You know, Joel, I was thinking about this. And I was like, there was something special about that camp I always forgot. When Powerade, so Powerade has the original Powerade symbol. Like, Powerade's been out for a long time. The Elite 11 stuff? What's Powerade? Uh, no, no, Powerade the drink. The oh, Powerade. Drink. I thought yeah. you said Powerade. Like oh, no, 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 Powerade. Yeah. Uh, that's been out a long time. But then they changed their logo now. They've got the, it's the Exxon 4. Joe, do you know, I was part of the test group 
for the Mountain Berry Blast Powerade Exxon 4 that came out like like while we were kids. That's cool. Yeah, at the Greg Ols- at the Chris Olson football camp, uh, his dad's football camp. That's nuts. I forgot about that, but we were the test dummies for that thing. So if I ever grow a third eye, I guess I know exactly who to sue. Yes, sir. But, uh, but no, it should be fun there in the booth. Uh, and, Joel, something we forgot to talk about was, uh, you know, it makes me, while we're talking about Olsen in the booth, he's going to be leaving after next season because Tom Brady has retired. Shh, pish posh, we'll find the room for him. I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't know. I, they're talking about teaming up Gronk and Brady in the booth. So let's, let's talk so, about Brady. Yeah. Overall, what do you paint his picture as? The GOAT? He's the GOAT, man. But let's look, he, at, let's look at nuances. First, first sure. three Super Bowls, defensive heavy, scored under 20 points, I believe, in all three of them, except sure. the last one. Then he went on an eight-year gap where he went to two Super sure. Bowls and lost to the Giants. Then yeah. won, what, four of five, three of four again? Well, then he won four. Yeah, four. he won four over the next seven? Yeah. So, yeah, break that down. I mean, dude, the crazy part, Joel, is I saw a... That's a wild career. I saw a, I saw a photo... And it was taking chunks of Brady's career, and like that's like four full careers. It like mat the one matches Dan Marino, the other mat it was better than Marino. The other was better than Montana. The oh. other was better than Aikman. It's like this dude literally. If you split his career into thirds, like he's three Hall of Famers. He's three Hall of Famers. It's ridiculous. This this guy and I know there's I know they're still they're very minute uh, and minuscule. And only, I mean, in, in actual size and number of people yeah. that believe Montana's the GOAT because he's 4-0 in Super Bowls. This guy won seven, okay? And I'm not one of these guys that's going to penalize him because he got to the Super Bowl and lost. It's great for us Giant fans. It was awesome. Uh, and unfortunately, good for Philly fans. But, uh, yeah, Brady's the GOAT, man. Listen, he, he did it. He left Belichick and then went and won one. I know that team was... Went to 10 Super Bowls. Went to 10 Super Bowls, dude. <laughs> That's crazy, How hard bro. is that, man? <laughs> like, there were people talking about, like, Mahomes is on the verge of a dynasty. The guy went to three. And he won one. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he can win two, obviously, uh, this weekend, but... Yeah, I mean that's that's absurd, dude. Ten Super Bowls. The goat, bro. That's ridiculous, Unbelievable. dude. Brady done with football. Uh, didn't they, they went to like five or six AFC Championship games in a row. That's that's a, that's a lot of football, man. That's that's ridiculous. And he did it with a defensive-minded head coach, who you know kind of just kind of just let him and Josh McDaniels do their thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the reality. I mean, uh, 2008 obviously was the year he got hurt. Outside of that, man, it's crazy. Crazy when you take a look back at Tom's career. And now we'll see. Obviously, going into the broadcast booth, I still have my questions, but uh, he's going to take the year off in 2023. He will be in the booth the fall of 2024. Uh, and uh, and Joel's will kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, man. O- over under two minutes and four seconds on the uh, on the national anthem. What under, do you think? Under? under? Yeah. Like the under? There's no pride in America anymore. I think that symbolizes an under in the national anthem. It is a country artist, though. It, you know, so whoa. It, it Who's is singing that? Uh, Chris Stapleton. Got to do my due diligence now. Well, it's funny. There's I'm guys back like, in the lab on props. There's guys on the internet that are like, "Well, it's got to be the under," because like every country artist ever that sung it has gone the under, but like eight of the last ten have gone over. So you know, you kind of playing around, and that's where Joel's. You got to kind of search around, see what line you get. Yeah. If you're gonna bet that, um, obviously you could bet Gatorade color. You can bet coin toss. Uh, you can bet, you know, maybe you can bet what a color Rihanna's hair is going to be when she comes out on stage. So uh, you just never know. But Joel's sure to be an interesting and fun Super Bowl. You mentioned all the great foods and, you know, just being around family, friends. It's a lot of fun. No people like to some people like to watch it alone. That's fine. Do your thing. And uh, we all we all wish that the Monday after the Super Bowl was a holiday. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, I'm going to have my fun. But I think Joel's we're going to get to the point where it's going to be anyway. Whether they add an 18th game or they add an extra bye week, that one extra week is going to put it on President's Day weekend. And once it's on President's Day weekend, it will be. Everybody gets off that Monday, or most people get off that Monday anyway. And boom, there you go. So. Yeah, so we don't like the presidents in this country anymore. We just like the Super Bowl better, you know? <laughs> That's how <laughs> well, it goes. No, we like the Super Bowl and then we celebrate the presidents the next day. I mean, every president since Clinton is kind of on my crap list. So yeah, there you go. There it is. There you go. We need more stability in America, people. Longer national anthems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's that's probably going to do it here on episode 81 for the Air It Out podcast. Uh, just trying to think. Um, 
Texas, Oklahoma going to leave the SEC in July of 2024, not July of 2025. They reached a $100 million settlement with the TV rights company uh, to be able to do that. Uh, Tiger Woods is going to play in the Genesis Invitational. Obviously, any any time it's you know it's great anytime he's able to get out there on the course. Uh, LeBron James has broken the all-time scoring record previously held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, for 38 years. He did that on Tuesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Another go in what was just an unbelievable moment uh, and, and and a lot of fun afterwards. I love that he dropped an f bomb on national television. How cool is that picture of everybody with their cell phones except Phil Knight? Except Phil Knight, That's the founder awesome. of Nike, the guy who signed. LeBron and those two made so much money in 20 years. They got so successful together. It was awesome. He took a chance on the kid from Akron, right? Mm-hmm. He was the, he was the first one to take a chance on that kid. And, uh, you know, Joel's you just don't see athletes oftentimes exceed expectations. They exceed expectations if we go, you're going to stink. And then they turn out to be good. Not you're going to be the next Jordan. Not you're going to be the next Jordan. And then somehow you have superseded uh, your expectations. Just an unbelievable career by him, Joel's. And, uh. Always a lot of fun here talking on the podcast. Before we go on this yep. couple week hiatus, who's the goat, LeBron or Jordan? It's tough. It's no, it's not. It's not tough. anymore. It's it's starting to sway. It's it's swayed. It's swayed in twenty sixteen. It's I, over now. I'm not even gonna lie. I think it's you know, there's a lot of Jordan fans moving the goalposts right now, um, and LeBron's gonna have by the time he retires, he's gonna have at least 40, ten thousand more points than than Michael Jordan. <sighs> That's that's absurd. That's a lot of points. That's Some guys absurd. don't hit 10k and, in their whole career. And he's not a scorer, you know. So it, it's it's uh it's definitely interesting, Joel. It's and, over. And that means that's it. That's a discussion we'll uh, we'll have to have in the future, and we will. We'll have some fun with it. Um, and again, we'll like we said, we're not going away forever on this podcast. We'll be back. We're gonna have some fun. Obviously, couple continue. week hiatus. Plot and plan. Yeah, plot and plan, baby. I love that. And uh, so we're gonna have some fun. But you can always reach out. At Goose on the Mic, Instagram and Twitter, same same handle. Reach out, questions, comments, concerns. Joel's, where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? You can follow me on Twitter at Good Old Joel's um, and Instagram at Good Old Joel's. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram at aired.podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Aired Out. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments? And yeah, part of what we're going to be doing is definitely getting those back up and running to full potential, maybe picture editing, stuff like that. We got some plans. Stay tuned for what's ahead, Joel. So, Uh, Until we have an episode 82. Put it in the books. Let's go Chiefs.